Hi, Judge Moultrie. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me about Women's History Month for the Denver Bar Association. Well, thanks for having me. Nice to see you. Yeah, I'm. so for those who don't know me, uh, my name is Ruchi Kapoor. I'm the first vice president of the Denver Bar Association. Um, and, you know, just if you want to introduce yourself a little bit, um, I've been having all of my other guests do that. Sure. So my name is Pax Moultrie. I am a judge with Denver Juvenile Court. That's a position I've held since April of 2020. So I'm coming up on my year anniversary, first year anniversary as a district court judge with Denver Juvenile Court. Prior to that, I was a magistrate in Jefferson County for about 14 months, primarily uh, dealing with domestic matters, some uh, delinquency and dependency and neglect matters. And then prior to that, I spent to think about it when I graduated I spent about 12 years um, as maybe 10 11 years as a, a county attorney first in Jefferson County and then in Arapahoe County for uh, before joining the bench and um, that's kind of the history of my legal career and I spent a couple of, couple of years clerking right after law school. So tell me about your path to the bench I feel like everyone you know like there's some people that say that they've wanted to be judges since the first day of law school. Um, was that true for you or did you? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't even so sure, frankly, that I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, you know, I, I, the LSAT was the only test I took in undergrad and I thought I took it because I thought I might want to, you know, continue my education somehow and go to some sort of graduate school. I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do. My undergraduate degree is in anthropology and I, I thought I wanted to study primates. I literally thought I wanted to be like the next Jane Goodall or, um, you know, doing research and things like that. But I don't like insects and I don't like flying bugs. And you're laughing at me, but it's true. It really is. I realized I don't like big flying bugs. Miller moth season in Colorado is very difficult for me. <laughs> um, so I went to law school because that was the only test I took. And just kind of, um, you know, there are things I think that, that brought me to juvenile in particular, but really kind of what got me thinking about the bench was that I had the opportunity to work for and with judges that I really thought highly of. I think that's really interesting, right? Like, um, I mean, Miller Moss season aside, that could be a whole separate podcast. Um, yes, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, I, I just think that it's so interesting that you you were inspired by the judges that you worked for, right? Like, I think that's great to hear about, you know, that, that the one-on-one -on -one mentorship of clerking is actually truly, you know, like it, it did what it was supposed to do, especially in your case. Um, so tell me more about your clerkship. Like, what was that like? And what kind of court were you clerking for? Sure. I mean, it did for me, for sure. So I, my first, um, you know, I've had a few actually, actually in, in law school, I clerked for a summer, intern rather for a summer for Wiley Daniel. And so that was kind of my first dipping my toe into that experience. And I really liked, you know, the aspects of that. I like the research and the writing. And, um, and then my second opportunity was with um, Justice Hobbs when he was on the bench with the Supreme Court. That actually came about because of a fellowship program that had been offered to, um, if I recall correctly, I think it was minority students or students of color when I was in law school. And it was just one of those things that, you know, came to my attention and I, I remember I was going out of town and I had to finish the application. So I actually had a friend drop it off before I went out of town and I ended up getting this paid, 
you know, internship during law school. And so I did that for part of my third year. Well, I'm trying to think of, well, anyway, I did that for part of a year when I was in a semester, I believe it was when I was in law school. So that's how I got to know sort of the appellate level quirking. And so I spent, you know, about that semester or so with Justice Hobbs. And during that time, he got to know me and got to know my work and then subsequently offered me a job two years out of law school. So I had to find um, a job for that gap year. And so I was looking for um, various things. I had looked at some firms to see whether, you know, maybe I could go work for a year and come back, but ultimately ended up um, applying for a clerkship in Jefferson County. Turns out that was with um, Justice Boatwright, then Judge Boatwright, when he was um, the presiding juvenile judge in Jefferson County. So that's kind of how I got there. And, um, you know, I ended up, I, I think, my application with Judge Boatwright stood out because prior to law school, I had taught for a little bit at um, Lookout Mountain Youth Services Center. Uh -huh. so all of the hundreds of applications he got, that kind of, I think, probably stuck out for him, having had that little bit of experience with um, that youth population. So do you think, because you're on the Denver Juvenile Court now, so do you think that, you know, this area of the law, like juvenile practice and dependency or neglect and total welfare law, do you think that that found you or did you kind of create this path toward it? I think it found me. Um, and I say that just be, my, primarily because, you know, my history is that uh, my personal history background, I guess, that relates is that, you know, my brother's adopted. I've had family who's dealt with abuse or neglect or, you know, been um, victims of domestic violence. I've also got family who has been in jail, you know, who've been on the other side of that. And so I do think it found me and it was, um, I just feel very passionate about it. I think it can change people's lives and change society and do good things for the world. And I think the people who practice it are really dedicated to it, which is why, you know, I really enjoy it. So I do think, and that, those are the ways I think it really kind of found me. It wasn't any conscious decision of, you know, courses I decided to take or anything like that. Um, and, and coming, you know, like you said that it was working for the courts and like being inspired by these judges that made you think about eventually being a judge at some point. What was it about being a judge that made you feel that you could make the most difference? You know, I, I think one of the things that struck me about the judges I worked for and with was, um, certainly Judge Boatwright was the level of empathy in dealing with people. And, um, I felt like I could have that and I, I, I hope and I think I had that as a county attorney and even, you know, recognizing that I was the person that was prosecuting these cases for the county, you know, I really tried hard to treat people with a lot of respect and empathy and just recognize that people struggle. I mean, that's the nature of it. And that's, that's, does it make them bad um, inherently? And I've told parents in court, I'm not judging your soul. I have to make decisions about certain things, but it's not a judgment on your soul. Um, and, you know, I don't think that people are the sum of the worst thing that they've ever done. And um, so that's what I thought I could bring to that is, um, is a level of empathy that I think that the work requires to do it well. You know, I'm really struck by that, like empathy um, and compassion. I think that those are things that we talk about a lot, but it seems like those really inform like your judicial philosophy and how you approach your cases. So in talking about, you know, like, the compassion and empathy that you bring to the bench, do you think those are rooted in your own personal history or struggles um, that you've had in the profession or, you know, as you've been kind of 
coming through the, the your legal career? I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it is related to anything I have personally been through in the sense of my legal career, just in, well, uh, let me back up. I have been very, very fortunate in life, even though I talk about, you know, some of the ways I've had family members struggle. I have, you know, been very fortunate. I, you know, I've got two parents who are still married and actually like each other and, you know, and, um, you know, <laughs> for the most part come from a, a functioning nuclear family, right? That being said, yeah. you know, I, like I said, I've got family members who have lived in poverty and who've struggled and things like that and who've dealt with mental health issues. And um, so I think some of, some of that is just from my personal life experience. I have been very fortunate, frankly, I think in my legal career and haven't, I've always worked really hard, but I've always um, had strong support, both personally and professionally, which has been helpful. But I will tell you a story, you know, when I was a county attorney in Jefferson County, um, you know, you have to attend all these various meetings. And I forget what the meeting specifically was or what it was called, but it was a meeting where, you know, the county attorney is meeting with somebody from the department and police and various other stakeholders to talk about whether the response to a particular allegation of you know, child abuse or neglect was appropriate statutorily. You know, did did the police call DHS? Did DHS report to the police? You know, those kind of things. And I walked into this meeting and I'll never forget it because this woman started talking to me and then I couldn't figure out where she thought she knew me from. And then it struck me that she thought I was um, a parent who had had a child in the system. There's nothing inherently wrong with that obviously having a parent who had a child in the system, but it just, I realizes that, oh, I'm the person, I'm the black woman in the room and she's making that assumption about me. And so, you know, I always kind of keep that in the back of my mind and I, I hope that it informs the way I'm treating people and not judging them, you know, when they're coming um, before court or making assumptions. And, um, you know, I, I, I work on it. I'm not gonna say I'm perfect at it, but um, it, it's one of those things that I guess in my legal career kind of informed how I hope I'm treating people when I'm on the bench. I think that's really important and that's impactful. Like, do you think um, that was part of what you brought with you when you applied to the bench? You know, you know, because you're you applied the most recently of all of the judges that I'm talking to this month, and so you know, like in that application cycle, do you think? the experiences that you're talking about in terms of like the personal life experiences that you had, do you think that those kind of shown through in the application process or was it more scrutinizing kind of like the legal experience and the other legal things that you did? I mean, I, I, I think, I think that's what's shown through. I mean, it was a very strong, frankly, it was a very strong pool of candidates. You know, some of the best advice I got was from another judicial officer um, who essentially said, tell them who you are, show them who you are. And that's what I tried to do. And, you know, any, you don't make it that far without having the legal credential, right? You know, I'm no slouch at writing, I'd like to think, you know, for research <laughs> and things like that. But I don't think those are the things that necessarily get you over the top, especially not in a trial court position. Um, you know, I can't speak to court of appeals or Supreme Court, but, um, you know, I, I, I think at least it's been, was my experience that I think obviously they want to, um, know that you can do the legal piece of it, but this whole job is, is understating and, and figuring out how to deal with people. 
Um, so I know that you mentioned too that you were a magistrate in Jefferson County. Um, how do you think that that kind of shaped your judicial philosophy? You know, one of the things I really liked about that job um, was dealing with pro se parties, frankly. Um, I, one of the first contested hearings I had, you know, when you get this job, there's a certain amount of training, but there's no training that can kind of prepare you for everything, right? You could just, on some level, you just kind of have to get in there and do it. But I had a, a, I think it was a motion to restrict and it was two pro se parties and everybody walked in. I sat down at the bench and then at some point I realized they're looking at me to do something. And I went, holy moly, I guess that's my job. Um, so to figure out what it is that these people need to do, right? Yeah, so I yeah. started thinking about it that way of, um, oh, you know, well, how do I help people um, understand the legal process as best I can, especially if they are not um, represented by, by attorneys. And so, yeah, I think that was helpful in many ways is to have had that experience and um, especially with respect to domestic, dealing with folks who are unrepresented and often dealing with very emotional issues trying to help them guide them through that. And, um, you know, I tell people oftentimes I'm trying to bring down the trauma and the drama a little bit <laughs> to the extent that I can. I can't always, but to the extent that I can. And I'm hopeful that I'm not doing things that are causing further trauma to people when they're coming to court. I recognize that, you know, the nature of the job is that people aren't gonna love every decision I make, but I hope that the way I treat people is not causing them any undue trauma about the way I treated them, I guess is the best way I could say it. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's really interesting because it sounds like that's something that you really realized after you taking the bench um, instead of as a law clerk, like, do you think that that was, and that's just what I'm hearing. Like, do you think that that changed from when you were a law clerk to after, you know, you, you became a judge? As far as, as far as, I guess thinking about the job of what my role is in, in trying as a judicial officer might be in um, not trying to further traumatize people, you mean? Let me rephrase that. I What I'm getting at is just when you were clerking, I think you're not truly the person that's making the decisions for people that are coming into the courtroom. And so your realization and your philosophy, it sounds like about trying to, I, I can't phrase it as well as you can, which is like, tone down the, tra the trauma and the drama, I believe, was your yes. very excellent phrase. Um, and it sounds like that was a philosophy that you developed after becoming a magistrate. You know, would you say that that's kind of what happened? No, I mean, I think it's, I, 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 I think it's sort of inherent to who I am. I don't think I'm particularly dramatic in my personal life. I suppose you could ask people know me, but um, <laughs> I don't think I'm particularly dramatic most of the time. <laughs> But, you know, but, you know, as far as my legal experiences, I, I really, you know, working for Judge Boatwright was very impactful for me because it was the way he treated people, right? You're making yeah, yeah. decisions that fundamentally alter people's lives and um, they're important decisions. And he just treated these people with such respect, you know, especially when you're thinking about things like termination of parental rights. It was the way that he spoke to people and about them. And um, that just was really impactful for me. I mean, you were lucky early on in your career to get some fantastic mentors. Um, what would your advice be for younger, especially women of color, but you know, just generally younger attorneys who are thinking about applying for the bench or being on the bench years from now or 
you know, whenever they come to it in their career, what would be your advice for them? My advice would be to do things that you enjoy. Um, you know, certainly if you're lucky enough to have a job you enjoy, keep doing that. You know, <laughs> but work is not everything, you know, for a lot of people, but find things outside of the courtroom that you enjoy doing in the community uh, and talk to people, talk to people about what their experiences are in a particular district that you think that you might want to work in, in a particular area of law, in a particular position. You know, I really enjoyed being a magistrate. It was, um, I liked the contact with the public and, you know, some of the issues I was deciding and, you know, the thing that brought me to juvenile law was, it was, you know, I really was hopeful for the opportunity to just kind of focus on that. Um, but ask a lot of questions. I think most people who do this would be honest with you about what's enjoyable, what's difficult. Um, this year, this has not been the easiest year, frankly, to transition jobs. Okay. Um, that being said, I think there's been a lot of opportunity created in many ways about how we might handle court proceedings differently. I'm hopeful that, you know, kind of jumping in a pandemic is maybe some of the most difficult thing I'll have to do as far as learning the job, you know? Um, right. Ask a lot of questions would be my advice. It's just ask a lot of questions, talk to people, and but mostly kind of follow the thing that you feel strongly about or passionately about, right? I think that's fantastic advice. And you know, just, it's so interesting to me that everybody has such different advice about how to get to the bench and all of it, I think is applicable. Ooh, what did everybody else say? <laughs> I think it depends. I think it depends on what yeah. position you're looking for, right? So there were things I liked about, um, law, you know, being a law clerk. Like I said, I liked, I liked the research and writing. And so sometimes, you know, I have to be careful in this job because I only have so many hours in a day. And I would go, like I go down research holes, you know, sometimes looking for answers to things and trying to understand, which is good, but I also, in many ways, but I also have to sleep sometimes and, you know, um, sometimes I need to stop with Westlaw, but, you know, so I think it depends on what type of, you know, what kind of drives you and your personality and, um, but the thing that kind of, I kept coming back for me is I really enjoy talking to people and trying to help people problem solve, right? And I like that aspect of it. And um, that just kind of felt like it fit my personality. And it may not, you know, 20 years from now, but I, I think it's kind of one of the guiding factors, I think, is knowing yourself well enough to know kind of where you think you might um, fit and knowing where you are in your life. You know, this was not the first time I had applied. I applied on and off for about 10 years, maybe. And um, I think this was the right time for me, um, but it wasn't the first time I had applied. And so it's just a lot of things to, to think about in your life and whether it's right for you, but also that's why I say, you know, ask a lot of questions. I, I think that's really important to know that this is not the first time you applied. I think, you know, there's, there is kind of sometimes this myth that when you apply, like that's it, you know, that's that you're going to get it. But um, I think, I think it's really important to know that, there are judges on the bench that it took a while for them to get there when you're. And I, I think, I think what really strikes me too about your, um, your wisdom there is just, it's about figuring out who you are authentically as a lawyer, um, which is actually pretty close to what the other judges said. So thanks for being in sync. Um, I really think it is. And just by <laughs> way of another example, you know, I had applied for um, Denver County court and in part because I was like, oh, I think I would really, I, again, the people aspect of it, of trying to help people kind of problem solve in their lives and, um, 
you know, that kind of piece of it. And I had applied, I got to the interview stage and then didn't go past that. But then, you know, another opening came, I think right before I applied for this job and I was thinking about whether I would apply again. And that's when I started asking more questions, frankly, of, of county court judges and Denver county court judges. And I actually talked to Beth Farhar. I have neglected for over a year now to send her a thank you note or email or card or something. Cause I don't know if she hears this, I don't know that she would know this, but she was kind of, my conversation with her was kind of a turning point for me because even though there were many things I thought I could do well or would be good at or might enjoy, um, she was in a civil docket at the time and was talking about something and I was just asking her questions. But she had explained to me that Denver County has like a person with human services who helps adults navigate systems. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I totally wanna do that. You know, where some people are like, I really wanna be in a criminal docket. I was like, how do I get into the civil docket? so I can work with this human services person to help people navigate their lives. And it hit me, I was like, oh, that's what I wanna do. It, you know, that's juvenile court is where I wanna be <laughs> and working with folks trying to problem solve that way. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it, and it's not anything that happens overnight necessarily, right? That getting to know yourself and sometimes it's trial and error and um, those kind of things. I think that's, you know, truly, a wonderful note to end on. And we've kind of gotten to the end of my list of questions. So um, I just I just want to thank you, Judge Moultrie, for um, agreeing to be part of my little project for Women's History Month. And thanks for um, telling me about your fear of Miller moths. I'll try not to send oh, any You're away. trying to torture me with that. Um, Ruchi, thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing this. And I'm happy to answer any questions for anybody anytime who might be interested in, you know, the bench or certainly um juvenile law in general, but certainly the bench, I'm happy to answer those if anybody wants to ask me questions about that. Well, that's great. Thanks again, Judge Moultrie. Thanks, Richie.